that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. And it is the Christmas season, so Buon Natale coming on up. We are here in the month of December, and we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about the Christmas season and all the stuff that comes with that in Italian America. Joined by my partner in crime, the notorious POB, Patrick O'Boyle, and the Bella Bensonhurst, Miss Rosella Rago, and a return guest today who is... Uh, a titan. A titan, an authority. He is the titan. The yes. titan. Yes. Not a titan. The titan. <laughs> the titan. The titan. Yes. He's been, he was on the show. I looked it up this morning because I wanted to know. It was almost two years ago. Episode 175. Gianluca Rotoro has been. If you play the pick three, you think that'll come out 175? If you, I, My mother hears the number, then she's going to run to the deli and play. <laughs> go. Go buy the so number. 175. The text, yeah, he is the author of Wine Made Easy. He's come on and spoken about that before. Uh, but he's got a new book now, Ma, What Are You Cooking, that we're going to talk about a little bit. But uh, needless to say, his biography precedes him. That book uh, is so good that before I read it, I swing incense. Like yeah. Gospel. <laughs> this, I incense it. It's a, this is a, an incredible encyclopedic volume that he's brought here. And uh, so, Gianluca, welcome back as a, as a host more than anything today, not so much a guest. Thank you so very much. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be here. And I know uh, usually people coming back for a second time isn't a thing, so I'm I'm more than doubly honored. I think it was almost three years ago that I was in the pod. It was, was February it? of 2021. Yeah. And I remember, because we were just speaking about Malocchio, because after the podcast, I remember I had a raging headache, and I wonder, was it because I wore the original 1980s Maradona boot <laughs> novelty shirt? I'm like, did they like it? And maybe someone said, I like that shirt too much. And then I went, anyway. You got the horns. Got yeah. It. And you got the, after this book, for this is a public service announcement, uh, he also got the horns after this book, which uh, is a sign of excellence. Uh, yeah, thank you, you. You had a situation last night. You almost couldn't be here today. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just moved uh, to nearby to you and uh, have a nice house that uh, nothing but problems, brand new, but <laughs> talk about Malocchio. So all of a sudden, all the alarms were going off in the house and they're all connected, you know, with wires uh, electrically, but. Took the batteries out. They wouldn't stop beeping. Doesn't matter. I even took a pill to go to sleep. I slept <laughs> about two hours. I text Pat at like five in the morning or something. I was like, I hope he's not going to hear it ring. I said, I might not be able to make it, but I am because of how much I, I love you guys and I love what you do. I was just mentioning it before. I think it's very important because what you guys do, which should be noticed and, and lauded, is really doing it for the culture. Uh, there's some people who do it for the ego, but you guys do it for the culture. And this is really important because while it is true, as my mother likes to say, Nothing unifies Italians more than jealousy, <laughs> which in Italy it's invidia, not jealousy. Jealousy is between his relationships, so it's more of an envy. But you guys really do it because you guys are good people and you care about the great parts of our culture. And, and even, we're mentally ill. <laughs> that's, that's the punchline. Remember, John, remember what they say in Nabuyan, better to be envied than to be pitied. That's great. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. Well, you know what? I know how much you love what you do and how much yeah. of yourself you put into it and, and into this amazing book, which we are going to talk about because it's, Pat says it's his, this is your nighttime Yeah, he incense it. to that. Those yeah. are the bedtime stories Pat wants. <laughs> yeah. This is. Bedtime stories. <laughs> Pat's bedtime I never stories. thought about that. Types of flowers. We should right? I could just imagine Pat in his long, like, uh, bedtime cassock. <laughs> like Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, wear, yeah. I, I wear very high-end Portuguese pajamas. <laughs> flannel. They're phenomenal. I, I Why wear, Portuguese? Because they make the best flannel pajamas. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Who, get flannel who would know that? Really, only Pat. Because nobody wears pajamas anymore. Are they no. Are they monograms or anything? And that's like, I, I didn't want to be that. It's a step too far. 
I mean, like, I'm walking around the house. Like, you know, my brother bought my dad one Christmas, and my dad ended up loving it. It's like a real English, like, Church Hillian uh, robe over your pajamas. My father's a pajama connoisseur. Like, oh, he wow. loves pajamas, wears this full set. And he bought him this robe, and it, it looks like a smoking jacket almost. It's so intense, and it's, like, Victorian. And uh, he loved it. I got it next time. A I, smoking jacket? But it's not. It's a robe. It's a, it's but a you robe. know what? The, the Portuguese... <laughs> This is true. It's a shame. People think we make this up. No. It's It's true. My Portuguese pajama maker also has matching robes, and I never bought the robes. Really? What am I going to do? Walk around with the robe, like the smoking jacket? I I feel like robes are. You know what I should get and I can't find is the hat. Yeah, you need like the, you like, need the, like the cap. Christmas cow, yes. the cap with the pom pom. You so need. You it. ever see the Curb Your Enthusiasm episode with the robe that he gives to Hugh Hefner? No, and he steals it. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good. <laughs> I probably have because yeah, I've a seen pretty good episode. I have to think I've seen every episode of that. How show. do we go off on these tangents? That's what the show is. This show, whatever the the Italian translation for. Lost with no directions. Uh, how would we? Seinfeld. Anybody, it's a show about you know nothing. What? So Does listeners, play Pocino anymore? Wait, listeners, if you if you're thinking of a gift to get our dear Patrick, <laughs> you know he's very hard to shop for. Yes. What do you get the man who has everything and doesn't like anything? That's you get not him, true. You get him the hat with the, the sleeping no. cap. You get him focaccia. Oh, really? That was an excellent gift. That's I Ro's got in gift. my row is like a, what do you call it? Not psychic. Like, you know when they can read people? I am psychic. Yeah, psychic. All right. Yeah. Psychic, whatever you want to call Clairvoyant it. Or? Clairvoyant. Clairvoyant. Yeah. When you can when you can read, she sent me the greatest gift possible. Focaccia. She sent me her focaccia set. I sent him a focaccia. You could have sent me gold in the same weight, and I would not. Well, have that's because <laughs> I brought you. I tried to give you the pan last yeah. time we recorded all together. Dolores Mariolta pan. By the way, I, we're probably not supposed to announce this, but people have been expecting Dolores did in the time since we've last all recorded together did have her second son. And she did the right thing. Yep. She named Giovanni, it after her father. After her dad. So her first son's named after her father-in-law, and her second son's named after her father. Yeah, I think it's Giovanni Joseph. Bravo. You know what I told her? I don't care. If you don't want to listen, don't listen anymore. I said, you know, she got married at a time that some people have challenges with fertility, and God blessed her very early on with a son, and she was going to name the son after her deceased father, but part of her wanted to name it after Drew's father, which was the Italian tradition. When she went to her mother, she said, no, your father... We want it named after your father-in-law because that's right. the right thing to do. So she bypassed naming the baby after her deceased father for her father-in-law. And God blessed her at this age with a second child. Yep, that's true. And I am convinced it's because she did the right thing. The only part of that story she would hate is that you said at this age. But, yes, that's absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> we are what we are, right? <laughs> in 14 and in, in 13 months. Wow, yeah, you are. How could that be? What are we going to do for that celebration? No, no. Come on, oh. that's not a celebration. That's got. We're gonna be in Florida for. I want to hand out gold coins. Three. We that's gotta get. We gotta get like a Sicilian carrozza. Yes, carry him the, in. See, yeah. they had to come into with this the, too. Why, the why do I need a Sicilian carrozza? You gotta. Im- we gotta find some donkeys. What's the oh, Neapolitan equivalent? The Cucagna. Mm. We'll bring you on a Cucagna. We gotta get Prince Charles's coronation <laughs> carriage. That's all gold. Fifty is a golden birthday. That's what, we have yeah. a year to get a golden okay, carriage. We'll work on. Can it. I go through Florida in a golden no, carriage? No, <laughs> I would love it. We gotta it. get like a a, a what's chariot. That? No, we gotta get a Capo di Monte. Yes, throne. Exactly. Or something. All Capo di Monte. You gotta understand something about Capo di Monte. Growing up surrounded by Capo di Monte, it's very fragile. Yes, yeah. it is. It's in the museum living room you don't use because if you were in there, you ever go to people's house and their and their little the petals are chipped yeah, on the flowers. A lot. 
you yeah. know, and you feel bad, but like, you know, does that, does that always like give you a little like shkostumata vibe? <laughs> like, it's like you weren't careful with the Capo di Monte. What kind of person are you? Yeah, you do need like some sort of repair kit when you have it. We could do like Game of Thrones, you know, the throne made out of all the old swords. We can make a throne out of all chipped Capo di Monte for him. That'll be his yeah. throne. Like a mosaic. 50, like a mosaic. We should that. get a, a, a portrait of him made out of a mosaic of Capo di Monte chips. That's a good idea. That's actually. a good idea. That's fantastic. I think that's a, f- a portrait of you, like a really fine oil painting. That may be my 50th birthday gift to you. Wait, I think my mother is going to do a painting of him. She is? All as, right, good. Do you want to be Caesar? Angela can do I've anything. I've heard you say your legal robes was an option. Yeah, but Americans don't have legal robes. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Angela can make your fantasy come to life. The uniform. You got the uniform. You, the, you, I have pictures of you in that uniform. I'll use them. That's the portrait. This is going to be in a museum one day. The Italian-American... At it's least gonna, the store. It's going to at least be in the in the museum next door. Speaking of museum, we are in an amazing place right now. I have Absolutely. to shout out where we are because Gianluca and I both live about five minutes from here, mm-hmm. coincidentally, and I have some stuff at the house this week that I couldn't go into Jersey, so we said maybe we could record here, and we are being hosted by our friend who actually recorded an episode with us that is one of the lost episodes because the audio had a lot of hiccups. Our friend Luciano La Monarca from the St. Pio Foundation, and they are headquartered here at the Generoso Pope Foundation in Tuckahoe, New York, and uh, we asked them if we could record here, and man, let me tell you, this place is Stunning. absolutely beautiful. It was, really is. I guess it was a bank at some point, it was a funeral home at some point, which to me, can't ask for two better places for <laughs> Italian Cultural Center, and... Uh, I hate to think they were waking people in this room. Let's <laughs> hope so not. It's the, we're in the boardroom under beautiful portrait Generoso Pope and uh, all his family members. I've been here... Once for an event like 10 years ago or something, but only came in briefly. But this is a great, great building, and uh, they got a lot on the horizon coming out of here. So this is, it's a, it's quite an Italian area up here. Yeah. Speaking of Italian area, I want to give a shout out because I brought you guys some gifts, and one of the gifts happens to come from just across the street, Pasquale's Deli. And I brought uh, Bocconcini. They're more like nuts, but they're, they are, I'm a real mozzarella. <laughs> so I'm not going to like most likely what it is, most things. And um, here they make Fior di Latte from cow's milk mozzarella as opposed to what they make in my mother's area, which is from water buffalo. But uh, this, uh, uh, tied with La Casa della Mozzarella, I find the best to be the best mozzarella I've had in the country. They're very good, so I brought you guys that. It's a wet bag. The it's bag a- is very wet. <laughs> That's a good sign for mozzarella. Yeah. And I brought you guys some wines. We can try it. Uh, we can talk. Try the wine. We can talk about the wines after you guys try the mozzarella. Yeah, let's try this. This look. This yeah. sounds. Ooh, I mean, all right. Everything Live. I've. I don't know how many napkins. You don't have a napkin. Everybody that I have spoken to, you know, especially here in and around New York, knows Casa della Mozzarella, Great. Arthur Avenue. Yeah. It's also very difficult. You got to wait online the whole Christmas my, season. My stuff. friend Vinny, Vinny's Mutz just opened up in Lyndhurst, New Jersey. His yeah. Mozzarella is doing so well, he's expanding. He's really? Yes. And he's going to come on the show. I want to come him on to come on with video. Yeah, yeah. So that we could we could video. We'll be video in a couple of months, really. Coming up. Can soon. I make a confession before I have my Bocconcini? Yeah. Um, we have a listener, Pierre Luigi, who sent me. A Colomba last Easter. He yeah. just went to me. Did he send one for me too? But, but you ate he it. Sent <laughs> Pierre, Lu- Pierre Luigi at Fato Amano. He's from Italy. He came to the United States. He immigrated to the United States. He's a young guy. He went into the uh, the pastry business, the high end pastry business with Colomba and Panettone. They are out of this world. They are outstanding. His mother introduced me to him because she's a listener, and he sent Panettone. And I thought I was going to get three for Thanksgiving, but we only got two. We got one for you and one for John. Mm. But my brother really, really likes them. 
<laughs> so he took one as a tax. Yeah, it's Anthony. Anthony did it. So you now have to split one between you. We're going to eat it here. We're going to eat it here. After I, after I made you that focaccia, and then I, I sent you a whole kit. It's my brother. Don't blame me. My mm. brother went. At Thanksgiving. We'll bring Anthony back on to defend this. An- no, no, Anthony's a model. <laughs> Anthony went and he said, could we have one? He goes, oh, they'll never know. Let's just have one. Well, brother, we're going to find out. And we're going to reach out now, to him. But now, but they are outstanding. He really does. They are. For my, my brother justified it on it's that good. I'm going to take one as a tax. All right, let's try the let's mozzarella, try the mozzarella. From, Pasquale's from Pasquale's first. Pasquale's across the street. Yep, in Taco. In Taco. Let's give it a shot. Oh, wow. That's Very delicious. Mmm. They're good, right? Wow. Now, now I'm, see, Beautiful. He's, he's actually from Calabria, and actually some of the best mozzarella makers that are around, he taught them. Really? Now, so my mother's area, all of Campania in, from Caserta, Versa area, and also my mother's area of Salerno near the Battibaglia Pestum area, they make the best mozzarella. I always argued that it was more in the Battibaglia Pestum area. That being said, the past 20 years, it definitely ha- has not been as good. I think... In the 90s, I started noticing it. My cousin, who has a wine store across the street and just sold it, she actually had a, a water buffalo farm. And so I, I grew up with it. I mean, every five seconds you see water buffalo where my mother's from. I think the people that are handling it uh, changes the way the milk is. And the mozzarella has been deteriorating in quality mm. because of how, I have to be honest, how the animals interact. I know it sounds crazy, but no, 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 yeah. it's definitely true. Well, like they're so, fighting one with each other? No, it's just the people. First of all, no one's doing work because they love it. Right. Second of all, you know, very interesting in the Stanley Tucci episode, they talked about how the Indians who take care of the cows in the north of Italy somewhere benefit the cows because of how the Indians treat cows right. very, like as a Religiously, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, and I always said something, and it was politically incorrect, but I'm like, I think the people dealing with the water buffaloes, maybe they don't care as much. Right, of course. And it's true, and I think it affected the milk, and it did. But it's still the best mozzarella when you do find it. But here, the Fior di Latte, made from cow's milk mozzarella from Pasquale's, is one of the best I've had. This, you know why it's delicious. Mozzarella I wanna, is tremendous. I, I, wanna come I can't out stop and, eating it. Yeah. It's good. Eat it, please. There's 50 yeah. of them. You have Fior to get an odd number it's because gonna, it's, it's bad luck. Go. Yeah, can you give me some more? <laughs> here, here. Mama. See, but Fior di Latte gets a very bad rap, unfortunately, because it it's unfair. My grandmother's family, before we went in the fruit and vegetable business in America, we were in the mozzarella business in Sorrento. Oh, wow. See, so we, we were cheese producers. They're, they're known for Agedola in that area. They're known for their cow's milk mozzarella. Yeah, we went back many generations, many, many generations right. in that business. And Naples was not Buffalo mozzarella country. No, it was water. Bu- it was uh, Fior de Latte country. Fior de Latte, yeah, yeah. Because Sorrento was the Wisconsin of mm, yes. Naples. And all... Still Sorrento, is. Yes, yeah, but Sorrento's now known for, like, lemons and stuff like right. that. At that time, it was a lot of dairy, by yes. Agedola. Before the road went from um, what's now Corsa Italia in Sorrento, which is the road that goes straight to Naples, before that opened in 1860, and even afterwards, people would take basically little rowboats and, and go over to Naples with the yeah. dairy. So they would leave, let's say, Sorrento 4 a.m. with the fresh milk and then get to Naples, and that was what that was yes. the fresh milk in the morning. And the mozzarella that they brought was not the Buffalo mozzarella. It was that one. 100%. It was 100%. And then once automobiles get, on the, get yeah. in the picture... Then you can take from Gazerta and Batipaglia. Yeah. You can get mozzarella di bufala to Naples very quickly because you got roads and you got trucks. Interestingly enough, there's two things about that. One, that's also from the milk from that area when they make the Provolone del Monaco, which in the past 20 years after it attained, uh, I think, DOP status about 20 years ago, it's becoming more interesting. It's very, very, you know, uh, Provolone is originally Italian. The one that we find in the north is actually was originally introduced by the southerners. But the Provolone del Monaco, I find it even better. It has a milder and sweeter flavor. 
especially if it's not aged as much. But uh, it also came from that area too. And interestingly enough, if you ask Neapolitans and people from the Caserta area, they find that their water buffalo milk is the best to, for making mozzarella, whereas obviously people from the Batibaya area, they would say that theirs is. But it's all great. But yeah, you're 100% right about the cow's milk mozzarella. And to be honest, because you can't find good water buffalo mozzarella here, they say, oh, it was imported from Italy. Yeah, like six weeks ago. Who yeah. the hell wants it? tastes like baking soda. To it me. tastes like it's been pickled. Yeah. If yeah. you get a good one here, like this one here, it's much better than something imported from Italy that shouldn't be imported. These are so outstanding. It's These so are delicious. delicious. They're incredible. It's like it, crack. What's the name of the guy again? Pasquale. It's right across the street. You go tell him John Lucas sent you. He, he offered it to us as a gift. So shout out to Pasquale. Big shout out. I, I'm, this is one thing I love about living up here. I mean, unfortunately, my favorite cannoli place in Panagelato closed. That's the oh, they closed. I used to go, yeah, for the. Oh, and they, you know, had, they were. That was important. the happiest thing for people who don't know, John. It was the happiest thing. The happiest thing. And I'm thing not a about big cannoli guy, here. though, by the way. That's the amazing thing. I'm not a cannoli guy. I like the, sheep, I like the sheep's milk in, in Sicily, and he was importing it. His cousin was sending him sheep's milk. Everything was perfect, and it lasted about six months. <laughs> and then it was gone. Speaking of uh, cannoli, the, obviously the best I've had was in Sicily, but the very, very best. People will talk about Piano degli Albanese in the province of Palermo, but uh, more traditional will even say the three towns in the province of Trapani, uh, Fulgatore, Dattilo, and Napoli. And, uh, no, sorry, Napoli. I, I can't get it out of my my, my well, I keep saying uh, Napoli, and they, they, the the canolo is actually like a foot long. I've never tasted anything like that in in my a life. Foot long cannoli. Yeah. Wow. It sounds, sounds like one, you, that's like one of you and Irma's Jer- sketches. Jersey yeah. City used to have the Texas Wiener. Was that it right? Twelve inch. Yeah, it was a specialty <laughs> hot dog. Not true. That was a famous. I believe it, Jersey yeah. thing. I don't. I don't know. There was in certain places, but I know it was in Jersey. The City. Dodger dog was a foot long hot dog. I think for not so the Dodger. A, they had a foot long option. Was a foot long. No, but yeah. No matter what, their normal cannoli is this long. But About is that, a, let's say, 10 inches, whatever. Right. You know. That sounds like something some food blogger would eat. You know, you're going to see videos now. The foot-long cannoli. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it, totally it, normal. Aren't the best supposed to be the ones that the Italian Albanians making? Oh, that's, that's what, that's, yeah, I mean, that's what I was mentioning before, but yeah. I, I've spoken to some people there, and they agree that it's very good, but they feel that they took the marketing more seriously. Because, mm. I mean, if you notice it, they did very good on marketing. Yeah. Plus, it's very... Italians love anything that's supposedly not Italian. Right. So if you tell someone that's Italian, hey, it's... Product A and product B, the exact same thing. <laughs> but this one comes from, oh, no, dall'estero, mi piace di più. And it heralds back from the uh, Roman emperor where coming from afar means it's the wealth of their empire. This is exotic or whatever. So interesting. All their fashion it's brands a- have American names. Italians like, hate Italian stuff. Non conosci Eddie O'Neill. I'm like, Eddie, in, in, <laughs> in Italy at Christmas time, you can't find anything that says Buon Natale. No, they don't yeah, want it. They no. want stuff that says Merry Christmas. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? They're they even doing St. You know Patrick's Day and Halloween. The whack that thing about them is their T-shirts that say things they have no idea. Uh, what jump it dance like. style, <laughs> like a slot. <laughs> Dude, and I'm like, why would you wear that? You don't, don't even know what that means. <laughs> they they wear these care. horrible T-shirts <laughs> that say things in English. But to be fair, we do that in America. Like, I have a restaurant. I call it Buonasera Giorno, or like. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. The la, that mean? the la Trattoria for Mickey Blue Eyes. It's like the La Trattoria. You know what I hate? Those <laughs> signs that they sell in like the in the big box stores, like. Amore, familia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Ciao. Shut up. I saw those things. <laughs> Except if you buy them off of a seller. <laughs> then you know they're, they're real. They're authentic. But if you buy them from a big box store. That's not fit. Listen, I created my I, I created my, my merch, my apparel in my store 
because I felt like our community wasn't represented. I felt like you could find stuff that said things in so many different languages, but nothing in Italian or yeah. nothing in Italian because some of my stuff yeah. says do not or, you know. Yeah, but you're doing it. You're coming up. I mean, I think to his point, he's saying like you go to TJ Maxx and somebody, right, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, somebody. A made in Chinese made, sign. Yeah, some Chinese guy came Amore, up with like. Yeah, cucina, yeah. Cucina, yeah, but I mean, is it much different than, Stella. you know, live, laugh, love? No, oh God. Mm, no, you know, the really. signs that no. say live, laugh, love or no, whatever. I mean. Really. Yeah. At least what would a true Neapolitan sign say? I saw. Yeah. I have a sign that says I mama. Though. No. <laughs> Who listens to this? Didn't you Dolores, just, if you're listening didn't to us, Dolores you're just did, as bad as do us. a needlework for you? She yeah. Did. That that. What did she give you? A uh, like a dish towel? Dolores or? gave me a. I guess you would say an embroidered dish towel that said "Quaque yorne metrova karaja machido." My Which favorite. is not be on for one day. I'm going to find the nerve to kill myself. <laughs> Do you see but how that's, that's, Pat is that's hard a... to shop for? <laughs> <laughs> but that's a knob on phrase of exhaustion when you just can't take it yeah. anymore. By, by the way, I, I said this in the first podcast, and I say it again. Uh, how I first met Pat. I don't know if you remember the story. I don't yes, remember. It's no. a great story. So make the long story short. So about like 10 years ago, whenever it was, maybe an hour before closing, this guy comes in, he's looking, and he's saying, oh, he's got great, you got great wines. I'm like, yeah, we specialize in Italian wines, and we're talking. I'm like, this guy knows a lot of stuff, right? And, and so now I'm getting happy because I'm just talking to myself about most of the stuff I think about. Who, <laughs> who the hell is going to care about Fior di Latte from a general? That's right? us. Th- this we, that's this is why we found each podcast. other, yeah. People uh, used to talk to each other, all found each other, uh, and now they uh, are. The mentally ill. Yeah. We were talking about, yeah. so, um, so he's talking, right? And then he's like, I was like, what's your name? Like, uh, he's, he's speaking in Neapolitan. I'm like, oh, I'm like, what's your name? Patrick. I'm like, Patrick. I'm like, uh, so, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, how the hell, how are you, how do you know this much, right? Because... Off the bat, I wouldn't think you're, you're, you're Neapolitan, the way you look, right? Yeah, that's so, true. So I'm like, and, and he's speaking like really like old school, and, I'm like, and, I, and, and saying a lot of things. I'm like, oh, this is amazing to me. I was like, I can't believe this. I found like a, a, a soulmate here. And then what sealed the deal, I was talking about how bad things were going in Italy or whatever, and I'm like, you know, you go to the supermarket, and Pat slams my counter. He goes... And everything's frozen. I'm like, yes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. So, and then like 10, during the pandemic... I, I was listening to your podcast or whatever, and uh, I asked Rosella, I'm like, I'm just curious. That guy that's on the podcast, because I remember Pat's voice. I have a very good memory. I wish I didn't. I wish I had amnesia <laughs> from all the terror I've been That through. is the greatest Italian thing I ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is the Italian t-shirt. I only wish I had it. I can hear my grandma. I only, John, I hear, yeah. John, I don't know if you're with me here. Are you envisioning the same buddy comedy <laughs> movie yeah, as I am? Send them out together. Like That's we perfect. Could, so we're gonna have a Neapolitan gastronomic buddy movie. That is true. Oh, didn't that sideways? That's how they got Pinot Noir out. Yeah, you're right. You could be the Neapolitan sideways. We're just every but like terrible catastrophes <laughs> after <laughs> they have to. The Malakis like, chasing both. Who of was that guy that was on the? He's famous. He did those spoof movies. Oh, uh, Sasha Cohen or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, yeah, Sasha Baron yeah. Cohen, so the guy who it, did What Borat? would it be a mix of? Sasha Baron Cohen, Sideways? No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking like planes, trains, and automobiles, yes. but you're the same kind of Miserab. You're not opposites. <laughs> <laughs> Let's back up a second. You're not opposites I like John any, Candy what, and Steve Martin. Wait, wait, hold on a minute. How is this a Miserable? We, even, I'm, I've been very contented. I'm eating, I'm eating the mozzarella. hell. All I had a guys, nice cup of coffee. I all, have nothing to complain about. All you guys talk about is your traumas and and <laughs> and catastrophes. And because it's very hard. Being, ailments. It's very hard being Atlas. 
pushing that. That's true. That was know, that was on my business card when I had a fitness company when I was in shape. Was Atlas? Yeah, Atlas. Holding well, up the planet. What they would their the What would their challenge be? They have to like. They have to get home for, for a dinner. holiday. The true ch- no. The they got to get the Buffalo Mozzarella home in time so it's still good. For the true challenge dinner. is Vesti La Juba. That's what it means. Yes. When the guy's what got cheated on, he's got he's. It doesn't matter. You got to put on your face and go out and entertain the public. That would be. That would be. What do you call that? The song. It's the jingle for the TV show. What do you call that thing? <laughs> the opening song. The jingle. The opening the credits. What do you call the that? Credits. When you play the song. Yeah, the theme song. Pagliacci would be your. Pagliacci, yes. Can we? That'd be the name of the show, Pagliacci. Yeah. What does this have to do with Christmas? I don't know. Where did we get? What did you want to talk about Christmas? You want to talk about tomorrow? I talk about tomorrow. Yeah, that's going out the window. You've been on a tomorrow kick lately, by the way. Have you ever had any of our dear, beautiful, sweet friend Mariana Gatos Amato? She is the queen of Amati. She just made seven hundred and thirty-two cuchidati. Yeah, she did. How many? Seven hundred and thirty-two. That's an even number. See, I gotta make it up. (laughs) Somebody eat one. Hurry up. This is gonna be. I could be odd number to be good luck. Oh, (laughs) don't tell her that. Throw them all out. Maybe that's not a Sicilian (laughs) thing. I gotta figure that out. Mariana, one's gotta fall on the floor. Yeah. Roll one over, give it to the I've dog. I've never heard Sicilians have superstitions like that, but Neapolitans have a million. All the words, yeah. Very interesting. I, you're not a superstitious people. Not like the way Neapolitans are. I Wait, think John, I thought you were from Salerno, right? I'm a quarter from Salerno, a quarter from Palermo. I don't know. A quarter from Bari, and his, a quarter his from His mother's body is in Sicilian, and you know what they say, you are what your mother is. Yeah, that's oh. true. He came out of the closet. He used to be in a Neapolitan. <laughs> he was a public Neapolitan, and then he came out one day as a Sicilian. Like, you know, know what happens? You know what? You know when that happened? That was Argenio. Today. Yeah, they I they told it. me I, then our friends in Naples, Don Salvatore Argenio, his wife. We were at lunch with them, and we were talking about the difference between Pat and I. And she said, "You, John, are just a Sicilian masquerading as a Neapolitan." Wow. No, it was she a life said, "Pat, you truly are Neapolitan." Yes, but John, but John, you are a, a Sicilian, Sicilian masquerading, masquerading as a Neapolitan. Neapolitan. And I was like, you know what? Then he walked out of the closet and history changed. And now all of a sudden he has a painted carts and That's not true. I had the tattoo well, long before. Sicily has two songs, you play both of them. <laughs> oh, your attack yeah. on Sicilian music. I, I, even though you have a Bares Nona, yeah. I, I really always saw you as a Sicilian. My Bares Nona, don't forget. I mean, she you know became her. more she Sicilian, became Sicilian, Sicilian because yeah. she married the Sicilian. Yeah. And you know that whenever you have a mixed marriage like that. One of them's gonna One take over. One side's gotta give, yeah. One's gonna take over. Yes. Like you know, bodies, whatever. She was a little, a little uh, removed bodies. Yes, exactly. See, like when you marry a moles, you have no choice. <laughs> exactly, yeah. We will own you. Yeah, I, yeah, but you're majority Neapolitan from Campania because remember your grandmother's grandmother yes. was from Avellino. I so have, by a fraction, yes, by a, you sm- are, by a small you fraction, are, you are yes. majority us. And just to note, saying Neapolitan because I had to say this all the time growing up. My mother's from Salerno. Exactly. But, but when I had explained that to people, unless you knew World War II history, most people back then didn't know Salerno. So I just said, oh, Neapolitan. Yeah. And that's what they used to call me, even in soccer, my soccer team. They call, oh, Neapolitan. My, my Italian coach. <laughs> but because who, when you say Salerno, who the hell is going to know about but the Campania? Because Campania. Never had, that... Campania never had an identity until the Savoys came in and created regions. True. So we had all provinces. And mm-hmm. why the Abruzzese called themselves Abruzzi. Uh-uh. Yeah. And they're so, they have such a strong identity, like the Calabrese do, was because. Their provinces were named Abruzzo. Abruzzo. Well, and their provinces were... Under I mean, the Bourbons. But yeah, but yeah, Abruzzo and Calabria in particular as political entities predate everything, even to the fall. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the first Norman uh, territories were in Abruzzo and then Calabria. So those were duchies, and they were united polities even then. I mean, you're talking about you know the year 1030. 
Puglia, same thing, right? Puglia's got its its uh, Byzantine identity and things. So yeah. Speaking of Puglia, you, you know, they used to be called Calabria. Yeah, there was all Calabria. It was the whole yeah, thing. It was, it was, and Calabria was called Brutium. Yeah, so man, and that's uh, what Calabrese people never get it. Like they were always kind of in the in the, the shadows. Yeah. Always, this I is, like it. This that is going to propel them to. <laughs> it was all Calabria at one point. Everybody, Calabrese people are no trouble. Not they're very nice. Yeah, they're, no they're not combative. They're, no they're like Abruzzo. No, they, they I, are, they I, don't I talk about that with my my mother's family and my especially my wife's family. I'm like, why can't you just be a little more quiet like these people? Because they they sit down. When I brought my wife to Calabria, they were eating. She's like, oh my god, you can hear everyone chew. <laughs> you know, because they're just quiet. They're just eating. It's like you know, it's like not being. It's really weird. They're like quietly, you know, strong people. Yes. but think about the, the Andrangheta, which is the Calabria Mafia. Yeah, is believed to be possibly the strongest yeah. in the world, and it makes sense that they quietly got there. Yes, without the chaos of uh, la, la, the Camorra and yes. without the notoriety of uh, the Mafia in Sicily. Yes, yeah, true. Yes. Yeah, and the Barrios Mafia just can't get it together. <laughs> That's yeah. the Sacro. What is the Corona? The Sacro Corona, Corona Unita. Yeah. 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 Doesn't yeah. that sound like a soccer club? Yeah. yeah. It does, it does. <laughs> I, 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 if you listen to what they call the organized crime, it really is a great. Was it sac- the the sacred United Horn? We're we're just too cheap to do anything. Mm. Yes, it's not a strong. It's no. not a strong organ. I mean, to from what I understand, to credit to Campania. Well, no, Sicily and Campania dominate the media. Yes, the, the yes. filmology of is filmology a word? I don't know, but it's a great word. If but it I is. mean, if you think filmography, like, filmography, filmography is. We're talking is about Fliss the films. Yeah, I mean, That's in the sense that, like, films, I, and yeah. this is no, nothing to celebrate. So I'm not out here championing the 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 cinematography, the cinemas. Whatever. No, no, so making back movies, to filmography, yeah. filmography of mafia movies, but. In Italy, the preponderance, I guess, is the correct word over time or recently of organized crime movies are about the the Camorra in Naples. Yeah. So you take that movie Camorra, but Camorra can be actually funny. I, I never watched it. the show Camorra. Yeah, because no, it's, it's, oh it's, it's kind of wacky. It's a wacky in a Neapolitan style. Sicilian movies, Sicilian mafia movies are never funny. No. That's not their thing. But a Neapolitan mafia movie. Thank he, you for saying that. And what, what was your thing that he said you don't like Sicilian music? Because I'm just curious. No, I never said. All I said was when, when, I get, when, when I'm surrounded <laughs> by Sicilians and they go for the jugular, my response is your weddings play our music. <laughs> Everybody well, in Italy plays our So you have two songs. That's One's true. about skulls. Uh, right? I saw skulls. What was it? I saw skulls all around me. I saw a skull on a cannon. Uh, and flowers. Flowers and skulls. Sure, sure. And we have a what, song about the donkey. What's the oh, skull oh, song? Oh, I'm sorry. That's not exactly Wait a, a wedding minute. song. Hold on. It's not a, it's Hold not a on. Wait. Song. I got to go on the record publicly. I want to recant. They also have a song about a donkey with the brain noises. <laughs> So as I always say, Sicilians have two songs. In reality, no, no. they have they three. Have, they have another song about the donkey, about how the guy cried more when the donkey died yes. instead of when the wife died. Yes. Wow. Two donkey songs. Well, you know what? That's you know, if you go back to um, we got Paul, me, Volta, Miri, Volta. We got another song. You even oh, like that they song? Got, no, they got the song Bedda. Yeah, we got a lot Bedda. of songs. You got six, twelve. <laughs> nobody Compared has the Neapolitan songbook. No, the most no, famous. Nobody has the Neapolitan songbook. No. But no, to get back to it, we, there's one of the guys that's on um. Instagram, Instagram now has so many interesting things about Italy. And he goes back to, I forget his name. I would plug it if I could remember the name of the gentleman and his grandmother. But they go to Calabria. Yes, I've seen that. And she's Frank saying, Moyo. Is that who yeah, he is? Yeah, that's Frank Moyo. Frank Moyo Music. Oh, he he's actually, I th- I, he's Calabrese. He's very talented. He's a kid from Canada. And he does some of my favorite covers really? of like 1970s Italian songs. He oh. plays them all acoustic on the guitar. Beautiful voice. Yeah, look him up. Kind of a raspy voice, but he does really wonderful videos with his grandparents. I've seen the grandmother mm-hmm. in, in well, Calabria. The grandmother went off about how important the donkey was to the family. Yeah. Everybody yes, had a donkey. Yes, that song. That's where I saw him, yes. 
This season, gather together and connect to Italy with Mediaset Italia. After holiday shopping or the big meal, turn on the TV and catch the latest and greatest from Italy's top channels, Canale 5, Italia 1, and Rete 4 on Mediaset Italia, including a new season of the can't-miss talent show Amici, brand new current events program E Sempre Carta Bianca with Bianca Berlinger, new episodes of the quiz show Caduta Libera with everyone's favorite host, Jerry Scotti, plus brand new dramas and holiday specials. There's so much to be thankful for in Mediaset Italia, so call your local television provider today and ask for the channel. One reason why I think, and I, I know Pat's going to agree with this, and I'm not saying it because my mother's from that area or whatever, but, and I wrote about this in pizzaandcoffee.com, talking about Neapolitan pizza and why Neapolitans are a certain way, but definitely their dialect, which I always found the most fluid and caressing, and this is coming from someone who used to perform music and had a stuttering problem, so I had to learn how to speak on my own. I pay attention to words. The reason, one of the reasons why Neapolitan music is better is because of the fluidity of it. Sicilian language, just like Calabrian language, where my father's from, it's a little more choppy, and it's a little more, you know, yeah. kind of, not, not, that's not a good imitation. Pugliese but, language don't even go there. <laughs> don't even try with Pugliese. No, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. So, like, but, can't but even be part r- of the conversation. R- rhythmically, it, doesn't, it yeah. doesn't go, but the Neapolitans have that advantage, and I, and I think that they just evolved together. So that's definitely one of the reasons. You know what helps us? The schwa. Yes. Every word rhymes. Everything is, oh. That us sound, which yeah. we probably uh. got from the Oscans. Yeah. We don't have the headache that other Romance languages have of different endings. Because 90% yeah. of our endings are the same. Yeah. E with two dots on top. Yeah. Do you realize this is supposed to be a Christmas Amato episode? You know, it's about the this joy is the most of who Italian. we are. Yeah, this no is the more Christmas. And we're going to be, be closed two. by eating panettone. This is going to so. be two or three episodes. But we got to finish the mozzarella uh, first. Yeah, I know. We better but can I talk about the wines? Yeah, let's have and, and then if I can talk about the, then I'll, then I'll talk about them. Talk yeah. about the book and talk, and talk about. Yeah. The, all right, so guys, so as you know, uh, me and my brother, we have in Vino Veritas since 1997, and on the Upper East Side of Manhattan for 27 years coming on up, and it was wow. the first uh, liquor store in Manhattan after Prohibition. We took it over in the 90s, fully renovated it, stained glass from the 1800s. My father, rest in peace, made it look like a beautiful store. We happened to have been lauded so much but of course a lot of the copycats came after and tried to design it and but it's hard because we build relationships with our producers and that's hard to copy and we care about it and we specialize in Italian wines and we were some of the first to introduce uh, certain Italian wines outside of the areas of Italy so even people in different parts of Italy didn't know these wines until they came to our store and it's hard to keep in stock and rotate them because the, the importers themselves don't always have them. So I brought you guys gifts. Uh, they're three different wines. I usually don't like to give three different ones because who's going to get what? It would have been better to bring, them, to bring you all the same ones. But you guys fight it out. I brought one wine from Cantine Olivella from Montesoma. Montesoma, when you look at Vesuvius, is from where my wife's uh, house is from. Every, every, it's, it's constantly staring at you, and I love looking at it. So the two little tops, one is Soma, one is uh, Vesuvio. At one point, they were part of the same complex called the Soma Complex, and then they separated. And on the slopes, I've been on a, on a wedding, uh, wedding and a lot of events there. Beautiful. And the volcanic soil leads to very interesting grapes and food. The same reason in Sicily. That's why they had the best produce. This wine was actually brought in America uh, by, I think, uh, Pane Bianco, thanks to my friend and one of the people who wrote a foreword to my second book, Ma, What Are You Cooking? His name is Charles Chicolone. Uh, his wife is one of the greatest cookbook writers and he's one of the, the he's the top wine guy i can't even shine his shoes he's really amazing and uh, he brought it the grape is called catalanesca very unique tasting minerally uh nice rounded fruit um this goes great 
with seafood, poultry. Another one that my friends uh, from Caserta, we were mentioning it before, Alois, they resurrected grapes that were about to go extinct. Wow. There's Palagrello Bianco. That is phenomenal. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because our, our listeners would love to hear about that. What's Which one? About the resurrecting. Yeah. Oh, so in Italy, there are over about 2,000 grapes. Uh, with varieties, different varieties. Varieties. Now, that includes the clones, and of course, not all of them are able to be made into wine. But uh, as I write in my first book, Wine Made Easy, while that sounds, that might make you scared, that gives you 2,000 reasons to look into Italian wines. Um, Forget about qualitatively, quantitatively, when people want to be like, well, what about us? What about that? Listen, the French have maybe 600. Nobody. We have more goat species than anywhere in the world. We have more broccoli species. We invented broccoli. You name it, Italians have more quantitatively. So qualitatively, it's hard to make an argument, I would say. But there's no comparison. So funny enough, in the 90s, people used to say, well, Italian Italian whites aren't that great. I'm like, that doesn't really sound true. (laughs) Italian whites... I think are the best in the world. If you want to talk about the very, very best, maybe you can talk about white burgundy, but in terms of variety and in terms of quality, there's n- no one compares. And uh, my friends, Alois, they're from Campania. I think their family originally is in the silk business, in fabric business. Uh, and I think they originally came from France, funny enough. And they resurrected some grapes. One of them is called Palagrello Bianco, which is the white version of Palagrello Nero, which they also resurrected. And they blend with Casavecchia. And we carry those wines too from the Caserta area, a very historic area. I don't know if you guys ever been to the Reggio di Caserta. It was yeah. a, very, a very rich area. And uh, funny enough, speaking of French, this white wine actually comes across as a very fine white burgundy at half the cost. Mm. Then we have Colli di Salerno, a wine from a judge, Giuseppe Picella. The, the Salerno area goes from uh, the Amalfi Coast area, which is part of Salerno, all the way down to the, uh, starts going towards the Cilento. It's made with Piedirosso. Piedirosso means... Uh, red feet. It's the, the the grape that goes into Gragnano, which is one of Pat's favorite wines. It's a red, sparkling wine from Gragnano, where they make pasta. And uh, we were the first people 20 years ago to introduce it to the American market. It's a red, sparkling wine with pizza. This is not sparkling. It's red. It's still it's a light-bodied. I would definitely decant it for at least half hour. It's light, very subtle, peppery, and very elegant. Um, talking about resurrecting the grapes of Italy, um, they're doing this with grapes and with foods that while a lot of traditions are being lost, a lot of Italians are trying to resurrect it because or else, you know, if we don't save them, they're just going to be thrown away. And um, they're finding that even some grapes, for instance, like Catalanesca on the slopes of Vesuvius that were used for table grapes, they said, hey, let's try to coax the best quality out of it, out of these, these grapes and try to make wine. And they're really phenomenal stuff. And um, the, more, the interesting thing is, is how many Cabernets can you possibly drink? Right. How many Merlots can you possibly drink? There's nothing wrong with it. But with Italy, it's just, it's endless. And they, they, they speak history. These wines speak history. And when you get to know the people, you really, it entices you to get to know the wines more because the wines have the personalities of the people and the lands that they're grown in, the terroir. I think that's so important. Like These, the are, you, these are yours. Giant. Thank you. How could we, we're going <laughs> to do good out for them. Uh, I could see any of them being amazing because they come from your recommendation. But... You're so right. I didn't know about the scope quantitatively of how much Italy has in terms of varietals. But when you go, particularly like with all of our passion for the South, you know, you go and you drink these local things that you would never know about here in popular conception. And obviously it's great that people want to drink things like Santa Margarita and the Mm -hmm. marketing and the branding and whatever. But 
it's so nice to be able to really dig into the passion behind each of these labels, the families there. Mm. And you were talking earlier about, you know, your new book, Ma, What Are You Cooking? It's born out of a similar sort of pursuit, right? Because yes. as you're as you're selling these things, you're also learning about them. You're you're sort of a, a representative of your customer and going out and, yeah. and, and sourcing yeah. these things, right? So one of the things, and uh, so when I first wrote Wine Made Easy about 20 years ago, I updated it a few years ago, it's like a basic, uh, it looks like people who fear wine. But the reason why I wrote Ma, What Are You Cooking? The first book, Wine Made Easy, I wrote that in four weeks during the busy season. Ma, What Are You Cooking? It took a while to write. It took me 12 years to put it out because of, of all these crazy, talking about miserable, all these crazy things that happened in my life. And uh, on Microsoft Word, it was 500 pages. I managed to shrink it. Some computer guy helped me um, to get into about 400 pages. And it's a very personal tome. It's called Ma, What Are You Cooking? Because because we take wine so seriously and my food background, an hour before closing, I would call my mother, me or, or my brother who I work with, call my mother and say, Ma, what are you cooking? And tonight she goes, oh, you know, today we're going to make Scarola uh, Butunada, whatever. Oh, we got to try this. I know the producer. He just dropped off a bottle. That goes perfectly. So we try the wines. We're not just picking this is 95 points. This is going to be good five gold stars or whatever that means. We really care about, you know, so, so when the customer comes to us, one of the first things we ask is, hey, what are you eating tonight? Yes. And, if and then we will f tailor uh, the, the, the wines to their foods. And the reason why uh, we know so much of it is because in Italy, we have vast stretches of land. Uh, my mother has her own olive grove. Uh, she currently has about 600 of them. She's thinking about selling it because everyone's dying so no one's can take care of it we're renting it out now but at one point her family her and her sisters we had about 5,000 olive trees that's wow. major production yeah major production of watermelon hazelnuts and I grew up around this and my father had one of the one of the best restaurants he left it in 95 and my cousin has it and took it to even higher levels and it still exists and um, so I grew up around it so when slow food was getting started in the 80s I as a kid hanging out in my father's restaurant I would talk to these the representatives and listen to them and I, so I've asked hundreds of experts thousands of questions. And like I said, I wish I had amnesia, but I do have a great memory and I memorize it all. I'm not a chef. I'm just somebody who loves our culture and I love the people behind it. And that's why I love being with you guys. Every, everything that you guys do, we're talking about you guys doing it for the culture. You don't do it for ego. What Rosella does, what Pat does, what John does, it's very important. And that's why I feel privileged to be here because we all do this and little by little, that's how we do great things. We all do our own. And I can't do what you guys do for time purposes. So we all get to share in these experiences. And these experiences are chronicled in my book. And speaking of chronicle, it starts off the meal chronologically. I talk about water and the 600 brands of Italian water and how seriously they take water. Salt, because I've seen the famous salt mines of Trapani. And I talk about olive oil, 30 pages just on olive oil. And then I go to the recipes. There's about 120 recipes. And before each recipe, I talk about wheat, how wheat is grown, made for pasta, because I've seen how they make it. I've been to, I've been to Setara, which is a great pasta factory. And uh, I end it with amaro and coffee, because it's a chronological meal. That's the way it is. And Pat asked me to come here and talk about amaro and what we eat at the end of Italian meal. So that's a great way to talk about amaro. And Amaro, I brought... Who took home the rugolino that I brought? Was that you? They always look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody took... The, I brought I brought, I brought. brought rugola Amaro to that dinner we went to. No, I didn't take it home. 
Somebody took it home. That was from Ishkia. Was it me? Because Tiffany, one of our listeners, one of our star listeners, has it in her refrigerator because her family's from Ishkia. Oh, nice. And I had told her about it after we had it at your place, and she like sends me a, a picture of the bottle that she has. I've been trying for decades to bring that in because there was other ones that my cousin used to bring at the restaurant, but I wanted to bring that, and I would send them emails, and they would never respond. They'd respond like two years later. I'm like, what's going on here? And then finally we got it uh, back a few years ago, but somebody took it. And it's really great because Italians are, have philosophical, artistic, and scientific reasons for everything. And they really understood the concept of digestion a long time ago. So when Pat asked me to talk about why we do Amaro and everything after, some people would say you shouldn't have that much alcohol. But Italians are obsessed with bitter things. And eating bitter foods are, is good for your digestion. It stimulates the digestive enzymes and the more production of saliva. So it's very good. And keep in mind, while some people say you shouldn't have stuff like fruit after dinner because it interferes with the digestion and creates gas and bloating, an Italian meal around the holiday, it's going to go eight or ten hours. Right. So you're not going to eat a steak and then start popping in fruit right after. Right. Right? right. You can't finish the mozzarella. You can't stop eating it. Right? It's amazing. <laughs> no, we're all eating it's the mozzarella. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, amazing. it's the best mozzarella. Yeah. So, you know, uh, when, when you're eating uh, for that, when it's such a prolonged, uh, when it's such a, an open eating window, you're digesting it. And, you know, nuts are very important. Uh, you know, in Italy, they call nuts, a mix of nuts, frutta secca. Mm. You would think they're called, frutta secca would mean dried, dried fruit. fruit. It's not. Frutta secca would be dried fruits. Frutta secca would be nuts. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it plays a big role in it. And, of course, they can't help it. Uh, honeys, Italians are the masters of honey. Uh, they have different honeys that can go with the nuts and the cheeses for after dinner. That will lead into uh, into the Amaro. Uh, they take everything seriously. Speaking of honey, uh, they have honey from, you know, the national tree of Italy is a strawberry tree. Yeah. yeah. And they make great honey from that. Which Actually, is not the strawberry that we think of, no, by the way. Totally People need yeah. to, it, it's and not, it's delicious That fruit. became the national tree because somebody had an in. Well, it's something about how it, it, it's the red, white, and green. Yes, the, yes. The fruit's yes, red, yes. the flower, whatever. Yes, yeah. But it is a delicious. My wife and I ran across them in Spain. If they sell the fruit. And I, I love eating things that I don't know what they are. And I'm like, what, what could this possibly be? And the guy kept saying strawberry. I'm like, all right, obviously it's not a strawberry. There's a translation. So I started to research strawberry it. Tree. It's a strawberry tree. And it's very, very tasty, yeah. unique little Yeah, it could fruit. be bitter too. I have, I have, I'm really crazy. I have all kinds of honeys. I have cardoon honey. My favorite, Ooh, my favorite sounds, is chestnut honey. I love chestnut. I have honeydew honey, which is not honey from nectars. It's actually honey from the bark. I get that sometimes too. Very good. It can yeah. be bitter. I'm getting my wife. This is how crazy I am because it's hard to find. There's something called abamele, which is from Sardinia. I had it shipped to my wife, who's in Italy now. I said, "Don't forget." Bring. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, Italians are the masters of saving things. So that's why th- you married a girl off the boat from Italy. Uh, yeah. No, I she, she's very frugal. I, I can't go out no, to eat. No, but this is the benefit because when she way. goes back to see the family, you have post the paisan. Of course. So her, her <laughs> suitcase is full of stuff that you get uh, shipped to her in-laws. That is why you have a true compagnia brain because <laughs> I would have pulled something like that. Yeah. So you ship all the stuff that you can't get here because DHL is going to charge you $10,000. You ship it to your in-laws. And, and then your wife's suitcase is filled yeah. with all your goodies. And forget the HL. That is why if we had a gold medal, that is the most <laughs> Neapolitan move that's brilliant. Hello, everyone. I have the distinct pleasure today to talk to you about a project, a mission that I am very much in love with, and that is the Anchors Rum Mixer. Now, I have Carly Reed on with me today. Carly, did I say that right? You did. I am madly in love 
with this machine. I throw in sifted flour and that machine goes for 15 minutes. It can mix any kind of flour I have thrown in there. It comes out like the most perfectly kneaded bread. But Carly has the insight on the mechanics of why it works. She can tell you why you should buy it off of Pleasant Hill Grain. So with that, Carly, I'm turning the microphone over to you. It is an investment into your family, into your health, into your well-being from on a day-to-day basis. Our company has been in business for 25 years, and in that time, we've maintained a reputation for high-quality product offerings and excellence in customer service. So now you heard from Carly. You're not happy with the mixer. I will eat the mixer publicly. Can I do that? You can try. Why, why am I offering that? Because I know it's not going to happen. And with that, I'm done. For anyone who wants to learn more about the machine or get in touch with us directly, you can visit PleasantHillGrain.com. But I have anxiety, speaking of you, like for instance, so my cousin was the first person to introduce coladura 50 years ago, but it was still very hard to tell people, because a lot of people, remember, a lot of our listeners have no idea what that is. That's a video show, by the way, I'm dying to do when we go to video in a couple months, because to me, it's transformative, but go ahead. Uh, So coladura... Uh, this is going to sound disgusting, but it's not. Anchovy juice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it was yes. the ketchup of the Roman Empire. Yes. Well, yeah, yes. It's, te- it's a derivative of, well, garum. of garum. Ga- yeah, garum. yeah, yeah. But I imagine back then it was probably more funky. I, I, I imagine yeah. they, I mean, they made it out of mackerel. more funky mackerel. back then, no right? Yeah. I mean, like, maybe they no. put their enemies it like... It was hot anchovy juice <laughs> yeah, back then. Like, yeah. But I don't think it was anchovy. I think it was mackerel. Well, I think what I, it, it became was, anchovy. It was hot fish juice. Yeah. So what I understand anthropologically is it was a... Garum was a very wide net. Yes, term, it was. It was. Yes. Right. So, like different locations use different fish, different recipes. That's why people say, "Can we recreate garum?" No, we can't because it would be like saying, "Can we recreate a hamburger?" There's ten thousand different manifestations of it, or a hot dog. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's too broad of a, a term. So, even now, like we're going to talk about colatura, which is the only yeah. surviving uh, version in Italy. Right. Well, well, now I mean, if they're making, in, I mean, Sicily, like my friend's uncle, Agostino Reca, major producer of anchovies, and he he makes one too. So I'm, you know, now and look, I'm sure something similar was made elsewhere, but but Colatura survived, of it course, was a, because of Chetata, yeah. Right. And but by the way, before I forget, speaking of resurrecting in that area, if you go to Pompeii, a winery called Mastro Berardino has a section in the Pompeii ruins to make wine. That's crazy. So anyway, but um, and we carry their wines; they're great. Um, Colatura di Aligi, uh, uh, and I talk about this in my book, and I dedicated a recipe to my cousin who helped introduce it. They take the anchovies, they decapitate them and eviscerate them. They put them in these wooden casts called terzini, and they line them up in, a, in like a circle. They put salt, a layer of salt. They do it again, the line. So they do sh- like layers of it. Then they, put, they close it with a lid, and they put a stone to press it down. The juices come up, and then they poke a hole at the bottom. And then when the juice is going to come down, it picks up all the juices again. It filters through. And colada means to drip. So it keeps dripping through. They put it in a glass jar and they make it evaporate outside. And it's very concentrated. And yeah, it's kind of salty. But it, And I hate to use this word because it's been ruined. I know where you're um- going with umami. this. Yeah. yeah. I hate that word. I love the yeah. Japanese. Yeah, yeah. But I hate, uh, yeah. I hate what the people have done. Like everything's umami. Anyway. Yeah. So, but it's great because it can accentuate certain dishes, even other fish dishes like sushi. Mm-hmm. It can go on to meat and brocodiraba and stuff like that. But uh, a simple dish, and I've had it a million times in, in Chetara at uh, Al Convento also, by the way. Great restaurant. And Chetara, just for people who don't know, it's a town in Salerno. Yeah, pr- province of Salerno, yeah. On on the seacoast. Right. After Vietri's Chetara, yeah. And they are uh, makers of, of uh, they process cure anchovies. Like the yeah, anchovies, anchovies and the colatura, yeah. And the colatura. So for those of you who don't know, and, and just so, like I said, a lot, this is new to a lot of our listeners, 
If you hate anchovies, a good reason may be because you've never had good ones. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. A yeah. trillion percent. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Whenever I make sautéed broccoli rabe and I get somebody who doesn't says, I don't like anchovies, I never tell them. Same, that to, same here. And I, then we'll I know. always lie. You know, I did. I use the Kulatura because I have been studying this because I studied anthropology and this is my past. I've been obsessed with Rome since I was a kid, which apparently now is a thing. Yeah, you know, we all are. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I used to throw, I used to cook Roman meals from the recipes. I went to the Archeo Cucina in uh, Posilipo, I think it was. But I never cooked with the colatura, and people have given it to me. I just never incorporated it. So the other day, I said, "I'm, I'm going to do this." My in-laws are coming over, and I made broccoli rab, and I didn't have a leech in the house, so I took that out, and it really smelled when I opened. I was like, it was, you know, pretty funky. But, man, what a change. That's incredible. What a change in the, in the broccoli incre- up. It's it, so much better. It, oh, my gosh. There's no compar- and then what I tell people, I'm like, just trust me. And By the way, very important, don't salt the pasta water when you're doing it because then it's going to be too yeah. salty. But uh, if you are going to combine, it's basically, you could do aglio olio with pasta, hot pepper, and that. But uh, just this week, actually, and I posted about it, that you can also use it to make the pesto cedarese, where there's no set list of ingredients the way pesto genovese is. It's more of a mix of olives, herbs, and nuts. Huh. I combine green olives with uh, 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 brown olives. Funny enough, I use Gaeta. It's very been very hard the past 20 years to find good Gaeta olives. I don't know if you guys mm. found that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. They I don't, don't uh, yeah. And if you find them, they're never pitted. No, yeah. And, you know, and they're like, ro- they're something rotten. By, by the yeah. way, the, the, uh, the variety is not Gaeta. That's just because of the port they leave from. It's from Itri. The variety is called Itrana. Anyway. It's from Itri? Yeah, it's not from Gaeta. You gotta just, be just like Castelvedrano, that's not the name of the olive. Itri, there's a huge, that's, they're all in Rhode Island. Oh, that's a Manoa Chivita. And we actually have Joe Leah, that's one of our listeners there from E3. He the, was, oh, we've yeah. actually had him on. He was yes. the one that had his ancestors from... Um, in, the, in the Civil War. In the Civil War that were, that were oh, from the Bourbon The Army. Bourbon soldiers, yeah. Wow. So they should really be called E3. They're not. They're, just like Castelvedrano is not from... Castel, it's, it's not... It's, I, is there it's a movement Nocellata? in E3? Because I could see that happening in Italy. Is there a movie? No, movement in the sense of we, sh- we oh. want them renamed. Or no. E3 have a big sign. <laughs> E3 home of the of the real Galleta olive. Oh, that would be, they should, yeah. But they're probably interested in Pringles or whatever. whatever <laughs> That's right. But I, and, not, and not to... Because I get accused by everybody that I I, I, what, I... I go on tangents. But if you're looking... You if you want to try good... You want to give anchovies, which we strongly encourage, a second try... Get Agostino Reca yeah. or a good Sicilian product that's coming out of Shaka. Shaka is the capital yes. of Sicilian anchovies. anchovies. Where the Cetara is in Campania. Yes. Get a good one. Get them. You can get them salted. Some people don't like to debone them, the ones that are packed in salt. A lot of people in Italy now, even friends of mine, like the ones that are packed in olive oil. I like to pack them in salt for two reasons. One, the olive oil they're using is never going to be that good. Because mm. they're going to use right, a little gonna, yeah. Second of all, I like to use my own olive oil. So if you just get them in salt... It's just the purest form of anchovy. Okay, but if you're not like you know, if you're a little hesitant, you know, don't get, go for the ones in the oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't be a pain in the. <laughs> no, I'm go just for saying, the yeah. ones in the oil. If, you, if you're new to the anchovy yeah, yeah. game, you know, Whatever start works. you know small, saute, heat some oil, put a little garlic, add the anchovies, and watch them disappear. They just melt. Cook yeah. them until they melt. But even this colatura, though, for having done it for the first time, I will say, because I use anchovies every time I do broccoli rabe. 
and they melt away. They're beautiful. They get a nice little Incredible. kind of butteriness, almost mm-hmm. like when you cook with sea urchins. Same thing. They kind of melt into oh, everything, I which I oh, love. Oh, sea urchins. I had them the other night. Favorite thing. And it never tastes fishy. Never tastes fishy. But this colatura was a whole other level of oh, flavor. Oh, it's intense. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I noticed, too? Delicious. It's like the truffle oil of the poor. <laughs> it's very true. Yes. Wow. wow. truffle oil. Ooh. That, is, that, that just came to me. Except it's real because most <laughs> truffle oil is not real. So this right. is the real truffle yeah. oil of the poor. That is true. Um, where was I even going? Sorry. I don't know. I had we to say that. We each other very quickly. <laughs> I had, I I had, had to this, say I had it. this thought. I'm like, I got to say this. I had out. to say By it. It was in here. I had to say it. Oh, oh, oh I write it down. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Write it down. <laughs> <laughs> the problem. Write it down. I just got that. We got a lot of listeners. They've never been to Italy or they're in parts of the United States. Not only that, they're in parts of the United States where their access to good quality Italian products yes, are either extremely limited, limited or yeah. non-existent. And uh, the beautiful thing now with the internet. the age of the internet is you can get really good quality stuff. And um, you order 100 hours worth of stuff from a lot of these places, you get free shipping. Yeah. So there's a lot of foods I think that those people in parts of America with this hard access to, like, oh, I don't like anchovies. And a lot of those things, and uh, certain Italian cheeses and stuff, is because you have gotten a dumbed-down, disgusting yes. product. Yeah. That I wouldn't feed to a dog, and yeah. I, I like dogs. I have that's against a dog, but you know. And I, I've heard people. Um, I just spoke to someone today who will rename nameless because she's Italian American. She married a non-Italian American in a part of the country where there are no Italians, and they have one local Italian restaurant. And her in-laws always take her to this one local Italian restaurant and tell how wonderful the food is, and she can't they eat it. Her. Yeah, and she said, but a big problem is that a lot of these places use very poor quality ingredients. Yeah. And the, the real essence, the secret, the nuclear reactor of Italian yes. food is the fact that they 100%. use good quality ingredients. Which is why my cousin, who I dedicated the Colatura recipe to, rest in peace, he always said, in a way, an American chef has to be more talented because he's working with inferior ingredients. If you're even making something like spaghetti aglio aglio and you get this crap, you know, Teflon extruded pasta, yeah. th- like pomace oil, yeah. Uh, the the minced garlic in the jar, yeah. it's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be bad. It's gonna be inedible. Yeah, I, I'm gonna stale, stale. I'm gonna pepper. tell you what, where what really changed my mind about everything. I think America could have just as good as stuff if we gave it the attention. We have great land in America. We have, sure. we have fertile land. The problem is Americans don't demand top quality. Italians do. No, yeah. although it's but changing, I think Americans have been. Well, no, that's it's, it's, it's all definitely cuisine. better than it was. Like, like there's American classic American cuisine, lobster thermidor. Yeah, sure. No, but I'm talking about you know, what do they say? Prima materia. What do they say? Uh, prima prima. Materia, prima. Materia, prima. materia prima. Like for instance, I was going to buy me a farmer's market that stopped with COVID, and there was a farmer that bought cauliflower. Yeah, and it was. Hours old, hours old being picked from the farm, and it was it had all those leaves around it, and that cauliflower was transformative. Yeah, when you ate that cauliflower, it was the most delicious thing on earth. And my grandmother on the Neapolitan side, County Sorrento side, my grandmother always made on holidays and on Sundays she'd make it um, cauliflower in a bechamel sauce baked in the oven. That was like oh, a nice. special thing for us. And um, I had it Thanksgiving. I was like, this this is the most insipid tasteless cauliflower yeah. the supermarket cauliflower i don't even know why um, anybody would eat it and i said to myself it now that i've had i had such good cauliflower i would drive down if i had that yeah. farmer's address yeah. i'd go down there mm-hmm. and i think it's around new egypt and i'm just saying that when you eat some of these products in america they are so tasteless no, yeah. i would get broccoli from her and cabbage from her 
eggplant from her. It was transformative. Because, and I, my argument was, the reason I'm going on this tangent was, her stuff, and the Italians in Italy will go berserko over this, her stuff was just as good as the products coming out of Italy off the farm. Really? It was not inferior. And why was it? I was buying it from the farmer, mm-hmm. hours after being picked. She was a small farmer. Her products were fantastic. So we in America could stand toe-to-toe. But the problem is Italy cares about what it produces a heck of a lot more than us. I knew a girl from Iowa Mm -hmm. who was from a farm family. They had like hundreds of thousands of acres of land, whatever that is, hundreds of acres. And she said that where she lived, a lot of the farmers were buying frozen vegetables. Yeah. I couldn't understand that because they didn't have – I don't understand how you grow on a farm because to Italians, the land is so tied to people and what the land produces. Yeah, but this is the same thing as the the slow movement and the conversation about reviving grape varietals. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had the guy on, John Forty, the heirloom – Gardener, seed saving, and he talked about how since the Second World War, we've lost 90% mm-hmm. of the varietals of vegetation, fruits and vegetables yes. and stuff, and it's happening in Italy too, and this this is the mm-hmm. response. This is like, okay, yes, it's more economically viable to plant one kind of right. onion, but what happens to our food when we lose? Well, that's one of the reasons with the Irish famine, by the way, they were forced just for a monoculture. That's right. Of potato, but also yeah. very interesting talking about the soil, and this is in, this is very important for the whole world, because of the overuse of our soil. They predict that we have only about sixty more harvests left because of the the we're depleting the soil, the nutrients. So when you eat something, it's, it doesn't have the same nutrients as it did before, and it's getting into a lot of uh, discussions. If we're allowed to have the discussions, uh, we need to, you know we're talking about sar- carbon sequestration to get the carbon back into the ground but one thing that some people don't want to do is to actually use in the more uh, the historical way of using animals to help fertilize the soil right not an industrial farming which is bad but um, if we actually use animals more and to actually let them most of the land in the world is you can't you can't add crops so what happens first of all in terms of food when you send an animal out to that land where you can't plant anything the way they convert that soils, that grass, into the fatty acids and turn into fat into their bodies, and when we eat that animal, is more nutritious than anything else in, in the world. Sure. So it's it's a it's a it's a no brainer. And then of course their manure helps the soil. So we need to start looking into more of that. Um, and it's also changing the, the taste of everything. It's killing the taste. Of it's everything. killing the taste. There's of no everything. taste. Nothing. Yeah. Le- nothing has taste left. No. And you know you talk about how delicious it is to get local mozzarella and these wine varietals and and. and you, you seek out because when you find the good, yes. you find the special, mm. then in comparison to everything else that is essentially increasingly tasteless. And, yes. you know, it just makes sense because of all of this monoculture and, and what we're doing. And, uh, you know, you wrote a tome here, really, and it is a I'm going to quiz you on it. I hope you read yeah, it. Yeah, this is <laughs> a, a, absolutely amazing. And not just the recipes, but also the idea that you're, you know, You've got, really, it is encyclopedic in its approach to everything, from Italian-American stuff to Italian. And, I mean, I opened mm-hmm. the page as we're talking, and here's uh, New Haven Pizza. So you've mm-hmm. got everything from Italy to the United States and everything in between. And yeah. there's a lot of questions that I, myself, would ask. You know, Crusco peppers. I mean, every page I turn, there's more yeah. to learn about. So we have so many listeners they might be one-eighth Italian, one-quarter of Italian that grew up in a part of the country where there were no Italians. And they heard family stories about big Italian holidays. And they want to explore this and learn about it and do it for their kids, but they didn't grow up with it. Like, for instance, we always had fennel at the end of a big sure. meal, right? Slices of fennel. Why? And, and in Italy, they still do this. Why do you eat fennel? Fennel is, is, is a digestive, right? So if you had a big Thanksgiving, a big Christmas holiday meal, fennel would come out at the yeah. very end. 
right? Us too. All right, raw fennel. And a lot of people don't know about these things. But if they get you a book, they will know about it. This, this is the This is Italian 101. This yeah. is Italian. This is Italian American for dummies. But you're not a dummy. But you know what I mean by that. Get this book. Get this book. Get this book. Thank you so don't much. Don't buy one. Buy like ten of them. Thank you. Now you have the. Now a lot of people. I call you. You're like the evangelist in the family. You have an Italian American family that's kind of going away from things, or your cousins are not as interested. And you got to buy them a book for Christmas. Buy ten books. Buy a book for each Thank cousin. Thank you so much. Because they got to learn about this, and we got to support people like John Luca. Because what he's doing is he is. If John, can I just see the book here? Right. You have a little Italian boy. The cover of the book is a little Italian boy with spaghetti coming out of his mouth. I. That's that's me. Yeah. And that's going to be your kids one day. Just go out by the book because we we got to support the, the tribe, but not because that's not, not because it's charitable. We got to support the tribe because we got to be together. We got to be united. My grandmother gave me my mission in life. I see it now at the podcast. My grandmother used to say to me, "Well, why can't Italians work together? Yeah. Why can't Italians cooperate?" My grandmother used to see Italians, Americans, find she goes, "Well, why can't we work together? Because when we work together, we get far, and we got to support our Italian American businesses." I said to you before, Pierre Luigi, Fato Amano, right? We talked about it. His panettone are so good. His panettone is so good. My brother Mariuld won. <laughs> you're going to Mariuld this one. Can we try it? Let's yeah, try it. Let's try this one because we don't, we don't have time to, to eat it But now. Anthony said they are that phenomenal. We all got to work together. Support <laughs> Next time he this Christmas. Me, oh, what a good focaccia, bro. Oh, yeah? He's a nice guy. Oh, yeah? That's why Anthony's... good? <laughs> was yeah, my you know when he had good. it Thanksgiving morning? He uh, goes, I'm sure. can we open it? Let me say I'm something. Sure he did. As we, as we, you're going to slice? Who's going to slice? You're in Rose charge. Rose slice. No, yeah. no, no, please. No, please. Don't point me. It's no. my brother. No, it's Anthony's okay. the Mario. Don't, don't tell my mother he's the Mario. Here you go. Cut you it off. No, that, her Anthony? No, her Anthony does no good. No. Her no, Anthony? No problems. No. That's why Roselle Never. sent me the focaccia set, and I can't have it until Anthony wants it. Anthony. You know. But let me say, I will say, it's so funny that we're we're doing this now because... You know, I never care if we don't talk about the topic because these are great conversations, and you can come back anytime. Thank absolutely, so especially we're all so close. You are an honorary co-host, whatever we talk Thank about, whatever we interview. But this year, for some reason, I've been really maybe because Christmas last year was Malokia Christmas for me. I'm like really into it, and I decided I'm going to do as much as I can throughout this holiday season, the, the entirety of the advent and i'm eating as much panettone as i can i'm roasting chestnuts every other mm. day i'm really really throwing myself in and uh what a, what a great way to to end the episode with the slice of homemade panettone from a listener himself this is a great way to do it so if you're out there we're going to link the book on our show page you're going to be able to find when it I, when i tell you this book, book is spectacular and i'm i'm not when i say i incense it every night before i read it i am being honest because everything you need to know everything you need to know about Italian american Sitting at that table. Everything you need to know is in that book. Thank you so much. Every single solitary Italian American coming, house. Coming from you, that means coming from it, all of you. That, this is two people who have spent their entire lives asking questions incessantly with photographic and phonographic memories. But let, let me tell you, I, I think. Wow. Wait, hold on a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. We, gotta, we, have, we, we, gotta, have, we're, we have distributing. We're closing by distributing the panettone, and we got a wow we have out of Luciano our host, Luciano Luciano's We are here. using his venue today to record. He is born and raised in Italy. He had a fata mano, a piece of fata mano panettone, and he just said, wow. Okay, it's that here we good. Go. Bon appetito. Let's see. Oh. Mm, that's delicious. I mean, the texture mm. of that. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's like a feather. Mm. I remember something. This is not a commercial. This is no. not a paid endorsement. No, but... We're supporting our own kind. Go out there because... Let me, tell you, let me tell you, there are very few people that I think could measure up 
to Cavaliere Avvocato Patrick O'Boyle Esquire. Very few. But Gianluca, Gianluca's got it. Yeah. He's we're got so, the we're thing. soul brothers. Yeah, but you yeah. know what? I'd rather Pat be out there than me because just before it was my fault, I was throwing out some expletives. You can't put my face on too many things. Pat, you can. Because he's he's much more polished than I am, so I'd rather Pat do all the. Gianluca is so knowledgeable that one time I got contacted. My friend was like, "My daughter wants a, a wine bridal shower." I'm like, "Congratulations!" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she's like, "No, but we want you to do the whole." And I was like, "I don't know anything about wine, really. I I drink everything from Carlo Rossi to Sasakaya. I really like I, I I'll drink nail polish Why from not? over. I'm not I'm yeah. not the one. No, no, no. You have to do it. You have to do it. So I call up Gianluca and Gianluca wrote me a script. Mm-hmm. A script for this wine bridal shower. I got requests to, to do it again. See? I don't, this is, I didn't know. I totally forgot about he that. Just this taught is the me man to, to know. He taught me how to say herbaceous and everybody loved <laughs> herbaceous. it. Herbaceous. Well, but, but, but by the way, thank thank you for saying that. And this is why I appreciate you people for what you do. And you're you're really doing it because you care about this stuff. Look, Pat just brought the panettone. He's not making money off of it. No, no. Right? I'm not making money off this mozzarella. No. You know, who's, so to me, that's very important. I always talk about my friend's olive oil. It's, it's my favorite olive in the world. I get nothing out of it. I just yeah. tell people, make sure, if you want, I'll put you in contact. We'll take. I, I know a pastaccio bronte. I know just because I care about these people, yep. you know? You got you gotta a guy. Know. You got a guy for that. You got to have a guy. And you got to eating well. So this is the season to do it. Indulge a little bit. You want to order Panettone, we will link it from our show page. It's a listener. This is great. We're going to put the mozzarella on there. And by the way, before I forget, we were supposed to do a Baramato. You know what's a good Amato made in America by an Italian guy that we sell? Don Ciccio. Don Ciccio. Amato de Sirene, very good. He makes one, um, he makes a few different ones. He makes one with the Figa d'India, prickly pear, very hard to find. Very good. I swear to God, it's but as good. But do they have it at Invino Veritas? When we can get it, yes, we do. Okay. I will link this all from the show page. Get this stuff for your holiday season. It's early enough. This is coming out uh, tomorrow or the next day. We're celebrating the Feast of St. Nicholas today, so it's right around the corner. You've got plenty of time. Order this stuff. Get it in. If you're in New York or the area, go see John Luke in the city. Go to his wine yeah, store. Yeah, well worth it. Hug the wine store. Uh, Invino Veritas, corner of East 74th Street and 1st Avenue. Um, if I'm not there, you can find my brother. Our staff is also great, too. And I love talking about this stuff. I hope you have like an hour to kill because I can't just give you a simple answer. This is the if you if you love talking to Pat, you're going to love talking to John yeah. Luca. Go in there, get the stuff for the holidays. And we'll be back next week with more. And uh, I certainly can say thank you to the Generoso Pope Foundation, yes. to the St. Pio Foundation having us here. Our friend Luciano, this is a great place. We hope we'll be back here as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.